This is what the calling sick to work show was always meant to be. In my opinion, me, a little drunk, talking shit. This is what I would always envision it to be. But, you know, things change. And I realize I can't drink the way I did when I was younger. But tonight, I just got wrapped an episode of Something's Burning with Michael Rappaport and Whitney Cummings. And uh, Michael Rappaport. I said his name wrong the whole fucking time I did it with him. Dude, it's so funny. We talked about, he he was like, uh, talked about getting in on, on hate online. And I was like, I, I, I love him. I love him. I'm the biggest fan. Uh, I, 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 he's been one of those guys that was in my life the whole time growing up. You know, all the movies I watched, we got the same shit. We dug the same shit. I was into hip hop. I was into basketball. I was never good at basketball, but I was always into it. And uh, so, like, he was one of my guys. As he would say, I fucked with him, right? I fucked with him. And uh, and then I posted a video of us, and I was like, I didn't realize how much shit he gets online. I don't know why. I guess because he likes black people. I, and I think everyone is now, like, I mean, even me talking about this will probably clog up the comments about, you know, I love Michael Rappaport. I hate, like, I wonder, he's, but he, I like what he says. Um, it was a really fun episode. You're going to like it. Even if you don't like Michael Rappaport, you're going to love it. I kept saying his name wrong the whole time. Uh, so, yeah, I'm a little drunk. We did that. I flew in this morning. I did that. I fly out to Hawaii. Uh, and so this is going to be early. This is before the episode we do, which I think is... Daniel St. Germain. Oh, Daniel St. Dan St. Germain is a beast of an episode. By the way, if you just listened to the first five minutes of the episode you're gonna be like i'm in i'm fucking in <laughs> yeah he literally oh it's just great i won't spoil it just he's a great interview that's a really great interview but this is uh oh i was about to say this is something's burning how many projects do i have going on right now do i sound drunk i almost want to light a cigar i'm gonna light a cigar tonight my body's back the marathon body's gone i feel good i've gotten went for two five mile walks this weekend hey. just to like loosen up and make sure i wasn't too bad Man, I got into some spiral threads on the internet this weekend. Ooh, I'm excited. I can't tell you. It one it ultimately it's oh, it's always going to go to black people. Good. I need you to Oh, Pris Pot, are you coming in? Will you open the door first so she can sit? Oh, she's going to sit on the fucking couch where the light is, I'm sure. Um, get in here, Pris. Pris has gone through surgery yet again. Oh, baby girl. Uh, her Maybe her 10th surgery? Yeah. This has been the most expensive dog in the world. Who I'm just started talking about on stage. It's so funny. You know, you think about working, doing stand-up is such an interesting thing. You think you've mined all the parts of your life, and then all of a sudden one day you're like, oh, wait, what about my dog that had five knee surgeries? Oh, good girl, Pris Pot. What a fucking great dog. A beast. She'd give her life for my children. That's all that matters when it comes to a dog. By the way, I haven't picked my guns up yet. I bought them, but they're still sitting at the guns shop. And they're going to be there for another week because I'm gone to Hawaii with the family. Um, I need you to do something, okay? I need you to pull up. This is going to... We'll get to this later. Just pull up videos of white people and black people talking. We'll get there in a second, okay? Not now, but we'll get there. This might be the best video I've ever seen in my entire life that comes out on the internet and I found it and I don't worry. We'll get there. I don't, I don't remember exactly everything I Googled. So we're going to come up to it, but when we get there, you'll know what we're talking about. Oh, motherfucker. Great weekend in uh, Sacramento. Thank you everyone for, for everyone came out. San Antonio in two weeks, I think Kentucky three weeks, Utah four weeks <laughs> from now. I really want to smoke a cigar. I haven't smoked a cigar in like three months. Smoke a cigar? No. Nah. All right. If I smoke it here, I won't be able to jog this week. And I'm jogging in Hawaii. I'm leaving before the fam. I'm letting them meet me there. George is in New York. Tommy Buns is in New York. And I told Georgia Tommy's following her because I track her on my phone. And I go, <laughs> Ellis Island, huh? And she's like, how do you know where I am? And I wrote back, Tom's in New York. He's following you. And she was like, are you serious? <laughs> I'm a bad dad. <laughs> All right. Let's see if I can find this. Ah, oh, here we go. Here we go. I wish I could work this backwards. 
Let's see. All right. Every one of my spirals starts with Takashi six nine. Every one of my. I understand that you're not supposed to talk about him because then people hate you for talking about him, but he is the most Googled thing on the internet. He's fucking all over the place, and he did an interview with the Breakfast Club, probably <coughs> one of the best radio shows in the world is the Breakfast Club. Charlemagne is so unfiltered. DJ Envy runs a fantastic show, and Angela Yee, I think is, is how you say her name, uh, she really does a, 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 a legit across the board great interview. They had Little Six Nine on or Takashi Six Nine, and he said some shit that was like, "I'm not even gonna, I'm not, I'm not gonna play his interview because obviously I don't want to support him." But it was, it was a really great interview, and he did say, <coughs> "I'm gonna be the biggest interview you've ever had since Birdman," which takes us to our first subject, <laughs> fucking Birdman. Oh, this is Jim Jeffries. Uh, I like Jim Jeffries. I Google anything he does. I think he's really talented. That's just uh, real talk right there. And I was watching a Jim Jeffries interview. He's a really fucking great comic. He really is. He's a nice guy. He's not a dick. He parties. He's not judgmental. There's nothing wrong with Jim Jeffries. And I understand that people that don't uh, like gun control people don't like Jim Jeffries. You're wrong. He's fucking great. He really is great. God, I love Jim Jeffries. I don't hate that guy. Like, I don't... Michael Rappaport, Jim Jeffries, I get it. You, you, they polarize people, but man, they're fucking awesome. The, I, I, I don't know what this interview was about. Oh, I guess he got his. Oh, it's all things comedy. Don't worry about it. I'm gonna mic your laptop. Mic my laptop. Hey, what's up? It, uh, you're on my solo podcast. It's Mike Berlina, everybody. I'm on a podcast. Yeah, I'm doing my solo podcast right now. I'm kind of drunk from the show. <laughs> It was great. It was really great. Thank yeah. you for uh, setting that up. Sorry I was late. I, no, don't, don't stress, man. Actually, I think your coming late may put more fuel on the fire with Rappaport, which made yeah. it even better. Yeah. I was there for a good half hour, and it was awesome what I saw. It was, so. yeah, it was, when I got in there, he was firing hot, I was, and I love it. Like, that's, <laughs> but that's the Rappaport I love, like, uh, and, and Whitney was phenomenal. Whitney's a, yeah. Whitney is across the board just a legit talent. Like, she was producing, yeah. directing, and hosting and writing the show. She was amazing, bro. <laughs> yeah, she got it. She sat down with me before you got there. Yeah. She's like, talk to me about this. Like, what's the expectation? And I said, honestly, be you and just bring it because what works for the stuff on ATC is getting people off the cuff and not being putting on airs or anything. It's like, yeah. it's, it's about. That's why people watch, listen to podcasts. It's yeah. derivative of that. Like, it's to get beyond the material and just have fun. And she's like, okay, sweet, I can do that. She I want to talk about, like, how I got into comedy. And I'm like, yeah, if we do that, yeah, we're it not, turns into an interview show. Yeah, we're know? not talking about that. Dude, it was yeah. phenomenal. She was amazing. He was amazing. And then we, we ended up, I mean, we, we probably went longer than any show we've ever done. So that, like, I would definitely, I know, I, I think both of them are concerned that, uh, we'll air what we talked about. So make sure they, I think we should definitely let them see a cut before we okay. air it so that they're comfortable with what they talked about. Okay. No problem. That's but the, I'm happy to do that. Yeah. Cause they were, they, we went off the rails on that show. Like we went <laughs> off the rails and I was drunk. I, I literally stopped talking and just started, I was listening the whole time. I didn't do a fucking thing that episode. I literally just listened. Gil made pizzas. I listened. It was awesome, dude. So thank you That's for setting great. that up. You got it. You got it. But, and by the way, um, I think Swartzen's coming in to talk about doing some stuff with ATC. Yeah. And I'll talk to him about doing a, a something's burning once he does. Okay? Him and David Spade. Him and David Spade yeah. would be awesome. Exactly. Oh fuck yeah! All right, buddy. All right, I'll talk. Okay. I'll talk to you. I'll give you a call from Hawaii. Sounds. Oh, you're going to Hawaii for vacation or for work? Uh, to tap the fuck out. Someone's going through a midlife crisis. Oh shit! All right, do you. <laughs> all right, Bye. buddy. I'm done. I'm done. Bye. Bye. Uh, I'm not going through a midlife crisis. I just like, I like telling the story to people. I like the story being bigger than what it is. Our friends are down there. My friends producing a movie, and so we're going to stay with the girls. You only get this much time with your kids, so why not fucking go big? Jim Jeffries is a great comedian. Did you watch his Fallon interview where he talks about? 
being no, high no. on mushrooms uh, yeah i might have axel rose oh no i read that i read that um by the way we can't i think we could probably we can't air this on the video but i just want to share with you something i jacked off to this weekend and it is uh women fucking tables you jacked off to that yep why you're probably wondering why i'll tell you why uh it's different I've never seen it before, so it threw me for a loop. So that registers in the endorphins where you're like, what the fuck is this? It is a woman. I wish I could show you this. It is a woman masturbating, fucking a table. That's the first one I found. Then I found a woman fucking a counter. I bet I can show a part of this. Hang on. Here, watch this. Not this part, not this part. That's by the woman. By the way, the woman's hot as shit. She really is legit hot. Let's see if I can find this. Find something that I can like blur or edit a little bit. You can't blur what I'm showing right now. Okay. She's, she's got great abs. She's a fucking hot chick. And apparently her backstory is she was doing dishes and she got turned on and started fucking the counter and then got naked and fucked the counter. And then in this video, she fucks the counter three times. She fucks the counter three times. All I could think was... What would have to happen in my wife's life for her to get to the place where she fucks a counter? Like, it's not happening now. It's not happening in the near future. Like, what? Like, a divorce, obviously, right? A lot of loneliness, a lot of like frustration. Father at the school, kind of sexy, flirting with her. She's flirting back, but he's married. And she, she wouldn't do that. Then one day she's back home, she's doing dishes smell the father hits her oh musk whatever oh god i wouldn't mind like i could not get to the place where i could figure out why this woman would fuck a counter like i and it this is the fuck don't you can't show this here let's see okay she looks like a mom too hang on That's All right, I'm going to stop right there. It takes a fucking great deal to make Leanne come. Like a great deal. I just listened to her podcast, Wife of the Party, where she talks about sex with me. I had to Google videos, and none of those videos were about her fucking a table. This woman was like, okay, we got to definitely not show this guy with a small dick on this. That's going to be blurred. Oh, in fact, I think I'm going to come right now. She's just leaning forward on a on a counter. That's it. Like someone put something out of her reach, and she's just. Where were these women my entire fucking life? When I've never been able to give someone an orgasm, I struggled. I struggled. I researched. I cared. I got drunk so I didn't last, so I could last longer. And this woman is simply leaning on a counter. Pornhub's so fucking interesting. I want to say that they should make a Pornhub YouTube where like, because nudity, I don't like, I, I hate that two of my vehicles that I'm into are in two different platforms. Like I'm into porn. I'm also into YouTube. Mm. makes me so angry you know what this is going to turn into is i watch it sober try it drunk it's going to be me pushing up on leanne in a counter and like hurting her pelvis and she's like fucking stop seriously you're hurting me i was like doesn't this turn you on that hard edge of the counter first sip of beer on the calling sick to work show by the way calling sick to work tour is happening august i can't that's all i can say This is a Chimay, one of the best beers, very high, alto, uh, high altitude, high alcohol content, which you know who would like that? Trick Daddy Dollars. Trick, of course, I go whatever I go to. It goes black, porn, black. Dude, <laughs> Trick Daddy Dollars is one of my favorite rappers in the entire world. He's from Miami. His name is Trick Daddy Dollars because his mom was a prostitute and his dad was a John. 
So, that, by the way, I learned this on this interview with The Breakfast Club. Maybe the best radio station in the entire fucking world. I wish they had more white people on, but I, I, don't think, I don't think that fits into the narrative of the country right now. Right now, it's stay in your lane. And, uh, and so it makes it like white people on breakfast club. It doesn't work. It really doesn't work. You got to love black people to enjoy the breakfast club. And boy, I love black people. I, and the blacker, the better, by the way, I think we talked about this. Well, uh, something I learned from the breakfast club, light skinned black people are more sensitive than dark skinned black people. Did you know that? Mm. Yep. It's a real thing. It's real. It's real. You heard me say it. It's real. Jesus and Miro said it was true. It's real. Um, trick daddy goes on. It's a great interview. It's a great interview. It's it, once again. This is back in 2015. So uh, TWD is not entirely uh, woke, if you know what I mean. Uh, he's not 100% cool with gay people. I, I don't think. I'm not sure that's what the message he was trying to give out. I think it slipped out a couple times. I think he's cool with gay people, but he doesn't want to be around them. I'm not really certain. You know what? I should let. If you want to know the interview, go to this interview and watch it. That's the least interesting part of this interview. TWD says uh, in this interview that he's got lupus. Lupus is, I think, it's cancer, and I think it's predominantly a woman's disease, if I'm not mistaken. Will you Google that? Yeah. I think women get lupus more often. I think it's a, a, a derivation of breast cancer, if I'm not certain. My dad's uh, secretary for his entire career, Jan, who's almost like a family member to me. I've known her. I've, I've known her my, almost my entire grown. I've known her as long as I've known his work phone number. Uh, and which is, I remember it's, he, I've known her a very long time has lupus. Maybe I shouldn't have said that bleep her name out. Oh, just don't whatever. But uh, no one's going to fucking looks like a really bad rash or tissue damage. Yeah, from... but it's, it's cancerous. It's not, it's not, it's not, not, it's not, Fixable. You gotta you gotta take medicine to, to fix it. So yeah. TWD starts taking medicine. He notices some discoloration on his shoulder. He goes to the doctor. Doctor says he has lupus. He takes medicine and his kidneys and liver start failing. So he goes back to what Dave Vitell calls frontier medicine and starts uh, drinking not cognac because that's bad for his liver because it's too much sugar. Starts drinking tequila uh, and uh, smoking bonk. Bonk is weed and uh, cocaine. His, by the way, I am not shitting. I hope you understand. I'm not shitting on Trick Daddy. I love Trick Daddy. Trick loves the kids. I love Trick Daddy. Trick Daddy is says in this interview, "Do not call me after five o'clock. That's when I'm smoking bonk, and that's cocaine and weed." And he's he swears by it. He's by the way, he's younger than me. Trick Daddy's younger than me. And he's and I was like, dude, I love this guy. Oh, hold on. I've used the best drugs that money can buy. From the doctor? Oh, you mean smoking? I know, from my homies from the hood. From the trap. From the trap. I smoke lace. I smoke dirt. You still do boom? Boom, boom. Damn, I'm the boom underdog. Boom, that's it. Boom. Yeah. It's weed and coke. I mean, cocaine. Yeah. I told you about that time weed. I was in the club in Miami. I'm going to tell you now, people, you know why? Because it's so popular now, they're trying to make it here. They don't make loud mm-hmm. is in, in, in the South, mm-hmm. but right. they're starting to make it. Mm-hmm. That Like the uh, what happened to ecstasy. It's not from the earth no more. They, right. When they yeah. start making ecstasy... It wasn't the same thing. People reacted. Now they got this thing down there called Flocker. Oh, I seen that. Oh, I, I told my that. friends, y'all sell the police or whatever. If I find out y'all using or selling Flocker, I'm telling. What's Flocker? You that don't want that. It, it, it make people go crazy. By the way, a guy who smokes weed and coke every night at five. If there's a drug that he's not cool with, man, you really shouldn't do it. Flocker. By the way, you know Walker Flocker Flame has to be like, what did I do? How did I get? You know who Walker Flocker Flame is? Uh-huh. Okay. Sometimes I feel like you're not black enough. I'm in the rock world. I catch one of my friends selling a using flocker, I'm I'm dropping a dime. Aren't you concerned, aren't you <laughs> concerned about your own health, though? I'm, I'm not concerned about my health. I'm 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 forty something. Trick, you just say you want to be in your grandkids now. Yeah, you got to take real. Medicine, I ain't take no medicine in eight years. I like the drugs that I use. They work better. <laughs> <But> <laughs> really, cocaine ain't better than 
lupus medication. You won't bet no money. Try <laughs> smoke with me. Oh, I did once. Try to smoke with me. Let me let me let me explain right. this. Here's the difference. Okay, I did it. Here's the he difference. When I smoke weed and coke, the worst thing gonna happen, worst thing that's gonna happen to me is I'm gonna go to sleep or I'm gonna eat. When I take the lupus medicine, I got to take a pill for this pill. I got to take a pill for that pill, a pill for my liver, a pill for my kidney. Then I got to go back to the doctor every 30 days and get in my money. So lupus is probably worse than the weed and coke. But yes, I went. I it's went, not. By the way, it's not. Like it definitely. I like. I, I mean, I just have to say this in case you have lupus. A healthy lifestyle couldn't hurt you. It Like weed and coke is probably not the best way to deal with this. <laughs> by the way, I do identify with Trick Daddy because I go. I, part of me would be like. Man, I feel good when I smoke weed and coke. Two things happen. Either I eat or I go to sleep. <laughs> the doctor, not knowing what I had, came out with lupus. Oh, within three months, there was a chance of me having liver and kidney failure. Just, I'll take the lupus. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so this gets back to Trick Daddy. God, I love that fucking guy. I hope he gets healthy because I don't ever want him to disappear. By the way, one of the most underrated rappers in the game. He is such a great fucking rapper. He is such a great rapper. He really is. And he, he talks about this a little bit. People tried to say they wrote for him. And he's like, no, I write for myself. And if I wrote for someone, I don't talk shit. I don't say a word. And he wrote for people. I won't say this. Listen to the whole interview. But God damn it, I love Trick Daddy. I'll Everybody, everybody has, everybody's going to have some type of, some sort of health problem. Right. A lot of women, more women are having, uh, I have a cervical cancer and breast cancer more than it. And I know young cats in Miami now. I don't know if it's the water or the sun, but they. they By the way, don't ever go to Trick Daddy for your science. Because, <laughs> like, that's how he. Don't. You know what? Let's get out of this interview. I think he's just. Fuck, I love that guy. Oh, of course, it's Michael Rappaport. That's who's on the podcast or who was on uh, Something's Burning. He's going to be on the podcast. I love, man. I really love that guy. He's talking shit about <coughs> Jay Z's record, 444. Where he's saying that it's not the best because it doesn't have bangers, which I agree with. I like, I love Jay Z, obviously. And I listened to the album, and I, I just was like, yeah, it's, I learned something. It's really great rapping. You're a beautiful lyricist, but none of the beats really hit it. And so, agree or don't agree in the comments? Is Jay Z? Fuck off! I don't really give a shit. All right, that's Michael Rappaport. There's Trick Daddy. Apparently, he's on Love and Hip Hop in Miami. He's filed bankruptcy a couple times. I would love to get Trick Daddy on my podcast. I would love to get Trick Daddy on my podcast. Trick Daddy. It's Bert Kreischer from the Bertcast. I'd love to have you on my podcast. Here we go. Now you can tell I'm drunk. Oh, this is the song. This is going to get us pulled off, but I don't really care. We're not, I don't care about advertising on these things. This is the song that Michael Rappaport says is the best Jay-Z song ever. I found it funny because uh, I've flown in a helicopters a lot. And at the beginning of this song, they're clearly trying to look like they have a ton of money. Hey, wait, is will you Google this? Is Dame Dash related to Stacy Dash? Someone said that today, and I was like, no fucking way. Dame Dash, Dame Dash was a head of Rockefeller Records. Is he related to Stacy Dash? There's no way. Stacy Dash was such is is such a fucking progressive alt right person. Looks like Stacy Stacy Dash threatens to sue cousin Dame Dash. Motherfucker. They're cousins. That's fucking fascinating. All right. Uh, this is Rockefeller Times. This is a song called Dead, Dead Presidents. But what I found funny was what constituted as rich back then. What constituted for like, oh, we're doing really well, is basically a big-bodied... Lexus and a rental helicopter. It's clearly a rental. Like you can tell the ones that are like nice high end that you go, Oh, we paid money for this one. And then you, these are the ones that you're like, we need a helicopter. And then it's just, there's no branding. There's no uniform coat of paint. It's just like, Oh yeah, it's blues. Three different types of colors of blue. Uh, this is, It's got a red pinstripe down it. You're like, huh? And they're like, get out. Nice leather coat. Those leather coats were hot back in the days in uh, in New York when I lived in New York in the 90s. Mm-hmm. That was the, the, the leather coat. They, I got mine from, I still have it from uh, Banana Republics. B-Reps. But look at this. This Lexus is just like mediocre. 
is maybe at the time a fifty thousand dollar car. Like now, money's so fucked up in hip hop, you couldn't have a car unless it's like a two hundred thousand dollar car. But this is like a fifty thousand dollar car. But what the message you're saying is like, we're doing good. We're doing really good. Mm-hmm. You know, we rented a helicopter. Look at how young Jay Z looks. This is this will fucking alarm you in a weird way. Keep Cherokee. Have that coat. Did he just order an Uber? That joke doesn't work back then. Look at how young Jay-Z looks. Isn't that crazy? Jay-Z is so fucking young. Let's find a shot of Jay Jay-Z. Hova. God, man, he looks like a child. He really does. He looks like a babe. Like a babe, baby, not a babe. All right, let's get the next video. Um, and so I got on a little bit of a DJ Khaled. Oh, here we go. We're going to the Birdman. This is all leading up to the Birdman. So apparently, Trick Daddy called the Birdman. Birdman is uh, in a... I, I don't know if it's still happening in a lawsuit with, uh, with Lil Wayne because he owes Lil Wayne royalties. Birdman, by the way, is worth $150 million. Covered in tattoos, spends direct loot on his kids. Like, spends money on his kids, as does Travis Barker. I hope we get to that. Travis Barker had fucking uh, Lil Yen, Lil Yitty, Lil Wacky, Lil something. No, Lil, 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 Lil Pump, Lil Pump, performing at his son's birthday party. By the way, Travis Barker's a badass motherfucker. He really is. He, hopefully we get to him in this, in this podcast. Uh, how much time are we at right now? 25. Okay, we're good. We're good. So, Trick Daddy said that Birdman was gay. Uh, this is why. This is all leading up to this interview that Birdman does with The Breakfast Club. Hey, Bert, do you just watch The Breakfast Club when you're on at home? <clears throat> on the road? Yeah, that's all I watch is The Fucking Breakfast Club. That's all I fucking watch is the goddamn... Bre- I fucking hate that show. I watch it so much. DJ Khaled says Birdman and him are straight, but apparently Rick Ross uh, 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 agreed Birdman's gay. Birdman, there's a notorious video of Birdman kissed Lil Wayne on the lips. That's the word on the street. The whole point is uh, 50 Cent said someone's gay. 50 Cent is not woke. So let's get out of 50 Cent. Let's get to Birdman. Uh, Riff Raff is crazy. This is a video that someone chopped up online to make it look like Riff Raff's losing his mind, but I saw the whole video originally. That's how fucking weird of a person I am. I actually saw the video they chopped up right here. I saw the whole thing in its original edit, and it was just him being funny. Riff Raff's an interesting guy. I'd like to have him on the podcast if he would get out of character. Um, I don't have the video of Birdman, but what I do have is one of the funniest things I've ever witnessed in my entire life. I hope you enjoy this as much as I'm about to enjoy this. Have you seen this? It's Isla rolling in dog shit. Oh. This is, I'm going to. Hey, Leto. Here we go. We're in the backyard. This is before the addition. Isla's trying to do a move with Georgia, and she rolls in dog shit right there. She just rolling dog shit. She didn't. The, smell it, smell it, smell it. Mine. Smell Mine. it, smell it, Georgia. Georgia, smell it and tell me if it's dog shit. Smell it. It's dog shit. <laughs> Daddy, I want to see if I can do coffee. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> it's the hardest I've ever laughed. Isla's like, it's dog shit. Mom, I the rolled in dog shit. Dog shit. 
Oh. Oh, this is fucking Isla Grace. By the way, I was sitting in the garage in a lawn chair that was like leaned back and I was drinking red wine and I had heartburn and I couldn't get out of the fucking thing because I was laughing so hard. I thought I was afraid I was going to throw up. <laughs> I was laughing so fucking hard. I watched this the other day and it just made me fucking giggle. <sighs> oh, I remember that so vividly. That was like yesterday. I don't know why. I guess I pulled it up just to make myself laugh. Uh, don't know what this is. Oh, this is Jay-Z talking to Birdman. It was not worth the listen. Uh, this is the entertainment news. We'll get out of that. This was Superfly, new movie. Mm, probably going to pass. It's not as good. Like, here's the thing I learned this week. Like, you know, when, when, uh, so funny. I'm such an idiot. When, um. When Black Panther came out, I was like, I wish they made one of those for white people. And Leanne was like, that's, it's called Superman. It's called every fucking movie ever. And I was like, no, but I want it to be cool like Black Panther was. Like, I want to, I want it to be supported the way black. Like, I want to be a part of a movement. And she was like, you're a fucking idiot. I was like, I want a black guy. Like, I, anyway, my point is, I love, my, my problem is, is that I love black movies. I love, some of my favorite movies are, are with all black actors. Baby Boy, one of, one of the best movies ever. You ever seen Baby Boy? <sighs> Jody. When he, when Ving Rhames grabs Jody in a headlock. Is Ving Rhames dead? No, no, you know, that's Michael, Michael Clark Duncan. Michael Duncan Clark. Michael Clark Duncan. Michael Duncan Donuts. Michael Clark, what? Anyway. He grabs him in a headlock and then licks the back of his head. And he goes, oh, I'll pull it up for you. I'll pull it up for you. This is such a good... I'll pull it up over this shitty movie. Superfly looks good. It's getting a lot of downloads. But it's getting downloads... I think it's getting downloads on the heels of Black Panther. It's like a, a black... It's a little bit of a black exploitation movie. A little bit because it's about drug dealing and whatnot. And then what sucks is that I watched the trailer for it. And then I watched this movie, Roxanne, Roxanne on um, Netflix. Because it's about hip-hop, Roxanne Chante. Back in the 80s. If you don't know who she is, you're never going to get her. UTFO made a song called Roxanne, Roxanne. And then Roxanne Chante came out with Marley Mall and did Roxanne's Revenge. And it's a good movie, but it's not a good movie. It's not a good, it's a horrible movie. But what I notice is that when people make movies about black people, there's always tragedy coming around the corner. You can never feel comfortable in a movie about black people. It's always like, ooh, she's about to get attacked or she's about to get beat up or something bad's about to happen to her. Like you, ne you can never feel comfortable in those movies. And I'm like, that's the dialogue you're sharing with the audience about the black experience as opposed to fucking white movies where it's like, Fucking, I'm, I'm, uh, they find Private Ryan, you know, you know, say, say Private Ryan. I guess that was pretty, I don't know. That's not a bad example, but whatever. My point is, let's see, baby boy. Baby boy is such a good fucking movie. It's such a good movie. God, you never saw baby boy? Mm -mm. Bobby Kelly used to call me baby boy because I'm a lot like Jody. Oh, here it is. Ready? This is great. This is the choke scene. So I rode up on him in Morningside High School. So, so just backstory. Uh, Jody is the lead character. He is lives with his mom. His brother was shot. Uh, Ving Rhames is an ex Piru Crip who is got out of prison, trying to work and make his make money. You know, like live his life regular, right? And is dating Jody's mom. And Jody. Uh, uh, Tyrese is not doesn't like him, and so he went to Ving Rhames's kids' uh, children's school and asked about their father, and their father didn't have a lot of kind words to say. Now, remember, Jody is not a gangster; he's just a dude. He's just a dude trying to hustle to make money. He's not a thug, right? He's not a gangster. He's just a guy. Uh, but Ving Rhames is a gangster. You never saw this. I was 10 years old in 2001. Go fuck yourself. About you. you say you have shit to say about you because you used to whip his mama's ass. What you think about that, Melvin? You gonna beat my mama? Nah. I think you know better than that, don't you? You wanna walk?
walk around here with your chest all out talking about you a real man. You know, I don't like you around my mama, Melvin. Because you foul. You foul. You a dirty motherfucker, Melvin. And don't think one second I'm going to let you get all up in her head and get her to kick me out like the last nigga did my brother. Okay, so uh, just backstory. The last guy she dated kicked out her brother, his brother, and his brother was out on the street for like a week and got shot. By the way, this isn't a true story. Because I ain't having it, bruh. Bruh. No way. No how. By the way, baby boy reminds me so much of Isla, I can't even tell you. Ah, youngster. One, two, three. Here we go. That's right. That's right. Call for your mama. Stay off your ass out of respect for that woman. But if it wasn't for your mama, I would have broke your little ass down a long time ago. Jody? Little Jody? You know what I see when I look in your eyes? I see a scared little chocolate bitch. Scared little chocolate bitch. A scared little chocolate bitch, and he licks his fucking head. See, if he's on lockdown, I'd make you get on your knees and fix it. 20 years, Jody. Let's see where you be 20 years from now. What a great fucking scene, man! I could, I might do a podcast. I might do I might do a concert to work show where we just do the twenty best scenes in black movies. You know, the, one of my favorite scenes ever is uh, from uh, from uh, it's where Tommy Bun's got his name. You know where Tommy Bun's got his name? Mm-hmm. You don't know? You don't know about Belly? Belly is the best black movie ever. Uh, dude, that was shot so great. I'm telling you right now, I know light-skinned black people have feelings. The dark-skinned black people are the best people you ever see on, on TV, on movies. They look, man, dark-skinned black chicks look fucking magical in a movie. It, Belly is one of the best movies ever. Let's. I'm, let, I'm, I know that I shouldn't be doing this this way. I know I should just go through the stuff that I've already Googled, but we're... So Nas DMX. Dude, Nas DMX. DMX is Tommy Buns. That's Tommy Buns. That's where Tommy got his nickname, Tommy Buns. Wait. Well, let's see if I can find a scene from Belly. Belly. Uh, the Belly movie trailer. No, the fucking movie. The, the movie trailer sucked back then. Hmm. Oh, here we go. DMX is fucking amazing. By the way, DMX open invite to be on my podcast. So what's going on down there? What's going on down there? Oh, here we go. Top shooter. Top shooter. Yeah. Let's see. I, I want to see what I'm looking for is the one where the girl goes through. No. 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 Oh, this is why I should Google it first. Top shooter. Oh, here we go. I think this is it. No. But look at that. Look at that. Like, look at that shot of DMX. Can I tell you the real appreciation of when we are, are totally at equality is when people appreciate how beautiful like the darkest skin black people are in movies. They really are, man. Like uh, that, uh, that there's something really sexy to that. And I, I know we're talking about a dude here, but like DMX on fucking screen right there just looks badass, man. It's so beautiful. The colors in that shot are just fucking perfect. Now, this is Hype Williams, I think, directed this. And Hype Williams just knows how to fucking... Man- what the fuck is Hype Williams doing? Will you Google Hype Williams? Dude, Jamaica's fucking amazing. All right, fuck this. We're getting out of this belly shit. 
Um, Spy Who Dumped Me trailer is good. I'm not going to talk about it. Travis Barker's health crisis on doctors. I really, it's like the thing, I go back to the thing I said last week about uh, Sean Evans, who I absolutely love, being on Rachel Ray's show, who I absolutely love. But the uh, the commercialization of shit, I don't like. I don't like, like I love Travis Barker. I think he's badass, dude. I loved his show he did with his first wife, The Playmate. You know that one? Never watched it. Dude, it was great. It was great. It was on MTV. It was great. He was fucking cool as shit. I'm so happy he's sober because he's so much more clear-headed. But <coughs> I will say, I don't like to see him on the doctors. And basically, his sobriety wasn't born out of like a health crisis, which they advertised this as. It was basically he got in a plane, a plane wreck, mm-hmm. had a bunch of pain, took pills, didn't want to be on pills, and got sober. He just got sober like a regular fucking guy. So fuck this. And then I went on a Travis Barker spiral, of course. I found Ryan Sheckler. Ryan Sheckler should be making more money than he's already making. Oh, Bert, I make fucking $4 million a year. Okay, that's cool. But Ryan Sheckler should be the Tony Hawk. He really should. He's so good. I mean, I used he's to great, be man. big into skateboarding. He's a great and- skateboarder. Mm-hmm. He's beautiful. He's a great-looking kid. He had a show on MTV called Life of Ryan for a while. Yeah, but it, it branded him shitty. He like, was so young. He was too young. It was just he was a kid. They branded him like uh, like the way they did other shows, and it just made him look like like someone you didn't want to like. Yeah. And I didn't like him then. I did. I was older. I was much older than he was, but I didn't like him. He was like fourteen. Mm-hmm. I was like, fuck that kid. And then I, I did a, a Red Bull event with him, and he was just really game for anything. He was a really fun guy, and I watched him. He was, by the way, he was probably eighteen at this time, and I was like, uh, I was like, oh, what a cool kid. You know, that's pretty badass. And then I and then I've, I've gone on fucking hardcore deep dives on uh, Ryan Sheckler, like hardcore. Yeah, I think his middle brother or his older brother who got addicted to drugs, uh, dealing with sobriety issues. I think so. Allegedly, I'm not certain. Uh, skateboarder, pretty good skateboarder, but not Ryan Sheckler. And then you say to yourself, what makes Ryan Sheckler him and his brother not him? You know, like what makes a great skateboarder? Like what is it? I started getting obsessed with that, but his tattoos are cool as fuck. I got on this because I got into a tattoo tattoo deep dive because I was like, look, I was like, maybe I really want to get a tattoo. What do you want to get? Um, I don't know. I really don't know. Then don't get one. Really? Do you have a tattoo? I have lots. Uh, really? Mm-hmm. What do you have? I got like a jukebox on my arm. I got some theater masks on my back with some lyrics and cross on my ribs oh i have a funny story i have hollywood tattooed on my stomach look at this shit wait you have hollywood tattooed on your stomach really so i was like 19 years old like running down hollywood boulevard drunk as hell really i lived off of hollywood boulevard yeah at 19 yeah i went to music school down there on hollywood boulevard so i i was partying a lot and um we were very drunk and we went into a tattoo shop and like i had no money i was like what can i get for 40 dollars which is not how you should do that's not how you go into a tattoo (laughs) and uh, i was like i want the hollywood sign and he's like well that'll be 90 i can do like some cursive for 40 and i was like you got yourself a deal so there's a video of me just like Back, he should not. You should not tattoo drunk people, by the way. Yeah, especially underage drunk people. Yeah, probably not. Well, it was forty bucks for him. Yeah, now I have this dumb tattoo for my. It's not bad. The rest of my life, you can't even tell what it says. I, I yeah. Why is that? Say your belt's on it. No, because it's done so shittily. Oh really? Yeah, it's done really poorly. Well, I have money. I'll probably get a really nice one. <laughs> I don't know what I want. I don't know what I'd want. Uh, you have more than forty bucks. I just. I would. I would. Part of me, I think. Oh, I've seen that one. Yeah, and these. Oh, those are really nice. Yeah. Are those new? They're the newest ones, yeah. Uh, swastikas I never thought would really like play. Doesn't the red pop, though? Yeah. yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um, so I got onto a tattoo run of like, what would I want? So I started Googling tattoos and then hence got into Ryan Sheckler <laughs> and then uh, Tattoo Tours by Chris Nunez and Oliver Peck. And this brought me into a little spiral. That I, if you told me one day I would never watch four hours of dudes getting their beard trimmed, I'd be like, you're right. You're totally right. But man, you were wrong. I watched 
Post Malone explain his ink. I like Post Malone. He's cool. Yeah, he's cool as shit. He should come on the podcast. Yeah. He does H3's podcast all the time. I know, but I don't know him the way they know him. Oh, like, I don't, true, like, right? I don't, I, like, my problem with my podcast, my podcast, not this podcast, this podcast is fine. I just do this. I tell you the shit I'm interested in. But the problem with my podcast is unless I'm truly interested in you, like, 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 fascinated by you and for a celebrity it doesn't make for a good podcast Mm -hmm. i can talk to any comic all day long but i can't talk to like a celebrity because i run out of shit to talk to him i could talk to michael rapaport for fucking 10 days winnie cummings 10 days they're both kind of comics you know michael's not technically a comic but he's in my opinion he is um i'm fascinated by post malone but i don't know if i could talk to him for I don't know what I like. He's just he lives in a different world than I do. You know, does that make sense? Definitely. I could talk to H three H three, Ethan and uh, Ela. Mm-hmm. You ready, ladies and gentlemen? The best internet video you'll ever see in your entire life. And if you can't see it, I apologize, but that's part of the gag. Blind people describing racism. That's the end of the video. Let's start at the beginning. Um, you're blind. You must not be racist, right? I am racist. Huh. A blind woman says she's racist. That's the first seven seconds of the video. You don't think I'm going to watch all four minutes and 30 seconds? It is fascinating. I, by the way, I, t- I say this from as an introspective person. I've thought about racism from every angle. I never once thought, and this is a Dave Chappelle sketch yeah. about a black guy who hates black people, but he's black, but he doesn't know he's black because so he's blind. He's in the KKK. Yeah, but what is brilliant about that is that that's a joke, right? That's great. This is real blind people talking about racism. And you. St- I wondered, I said, yeah, could you be racist if you didn't see the skin color? Like, is there a behavior that people of a skin color exhibit that would annoy you to not like that skin color if you didn't know the skin color, right? Does that make sense? Yeah. So, like, everyone says, so let's take a stereotype, right? Black people are allowed at movie theaters. If you're blind, well, if you're blind, I guess you're not going to a movie theater. <laughs> Asian drivers. Yeah, Asian drivers. <laughs> I knew it. Asian drivers. So say you're driving and you're blind, right? <laughs> I guess all the I guess all stereotypes have to do with vision. <laughs> like any, vi- it's gotta be vision. You don't know color. You can't go to movie theater. You can't drive. Oh. <laughs> I'm gonna smoke a cigar tonight. Um, but what's fascinating about this is that. I never explored this perspective of like, if you can't see the skin color, would those people bother you? Like, like would, like that's, racism is basing, judging someone based on their skin color. But if you can't see the skin color, would their activities they do bother you? Say you're at the mall, you slip and fall, a bunch of black kids lose their fucking minds because you're white and you fell, right? Like, would you know they're black? And they start doing that. They start asking people. There's a black guy on here. Here's the one that kills me is this woman. Gives them the the upper hand. Are you racist? No. Why? Because I can't see. <laughs> Blindness does sometimes. By the way, she's a fucking idiot. I hate her. I really hate her. Hold Let's on. Let's take those racial cues out of society because if I can't tell by someone's voice or accent or whatever, like I have no idea. I've noticed with a lot of people I meet, I don't really find out what their race is until a while after we meet. You know, we don't necessarily- I didn't realize blind people are fucking idiots. You're telling me you couldn't tell that I'm white by listening to me? Like, that's why I said pull up some names, pull up some people of color. Because I want to see if I can guess what a person is based on their accent. So, so this is what kills me. Is she says that I, sometimes it takes a while before I realize, oh, you're black. And then I went, hang out with Donnell Rollins for two minutes, for fucking thirty seconds. You're not going to tell me you know Donnell's black or Dave Chappelle or Tony Woods or Mike Epps. 
Like the, these are all people I partied with in New York. There Listen are natural her. stereotypes out there in the world. Can you tell someone's race by their voice? No. What do you think my race is? I don't know. Now maybe I'm a piece of shit, but I could tell she was Indian without her without looking at the screen, right? Fine. She's Indian. I couldn't. I didn't know. Oh, oh, maybe I'm maybe I'm fucking gaslighting these motherfuckers. I don't think I know what that word means, gaslight. I got one for you. Okay, here we go. Play it. I'll tell you, you know what color. Dog, you know, you like a, there's like a, a lot of white guys out there. You know, this guy's white. They think they think you're black, yo. You yeah, 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 yeah. Ding, All right. ding, ding. Yeah, yeah. Okay, keep going. Find, pull another one up. Just type in, just type in, fucking news. Uh, let's find out, like from the news. Uh, like they got a black guy, a white guy, and an Asian chick on there. I can tell them. Hey guys, once again, I am looking for a girlfriend. Shut up, shut up, shut up. That's that's over the top Asian. Yeah. Yeah, but that's over the top. Everyone knows that's Asian. Just do a regular person. (laughs) Like someone that's not over the top. I want to find one that I can't get. And by the way, you guys can play along with us at home. (laughs) Are you screen saving yours? No. This woman's Indian, but you can tell in the earlier interview uh, that she's Indian. Um, well, I look for more videos that might throw you off. You were tweeting a bunch about the Conor McGregor documentary today. Oh, dude, that's such a great documentary. I watched it. It's great, right? I loved it. Can yeah. I tell you, like, I'm going to take two seconds. I don't, I'm not a big MMA guy. I mean, I am. I follow it probably, probably more than the average person. And I know more about it than the average person only because I listen to Joe's podcast. I'm, I'm a, I'm a fan of uh, mixed martial arts. I always have been, uh, but I'm not like a, I'm not like, you know, I'm not the guy that would ever go on a podcast to talk about MMA. So I'm not going to pretend to do that. What I'm going to talk about is that podcast or that uh, documentary he did on Netflix. I think it's called Notorious. Here's why I liked it. So when I did my special for Netflix, um, the first show did not go great. It's really interesting. <laughs> um, they We had some technical difficulties and we made everyone stay outside for an hour and a half in the rain. And so by the time they got inside, they were sober. They were a little agitated. There, oddly enough, there were some hecklers in the first show that we shot. And I had been waiting for an hour and a half, and it just didn't come out great. It wasn't, it was fine. Uh, had that been my special, I would have been let down. But I had to sit in the green room after doing a, uh, like not the perfect show for my first show, which normally when you do a special, you bang it out first show, and they're like, the next show is supposed to be fun. But I had to try to regroup and shoot my second show and make sure it was perfect. And, uh, you know, when you shoot a show, just so you know, they always pick one show and then they take excerpts from the other show, like things they like better, angles they like better. So coverage-wise, we're fine for the first show. By the way, I could have done, done the exact same I did the first show and it would have been a great special. But in my head, I wanted it to be the perfect show and I, I was dealing with defeat in my head. It's so funny because in that documentary, I wa- you watch Conor McGregor deal with defeat, him getting beat by Nate Diaz, and you see how he deals with defeat. And I thought to myself, I was like, you know, I've dealt with defeat more than I have success, way more in this business. And it's how you deal with defeat is defines the man. The success part, we can all deal with success. But how you deal with defeat, how you bounce back, how you come back. My buddy Tony came in, and this speaks probably more about Tony than me. My buddy Tony came in with a cup of coffee, and we just kind of bullshitted, had a cup of coffee in between shows, and he was like, go out and get him. You know, like, it's it's this, like, it was this real kind of, like, pivotal, defining moment in my life and in my career where I went... This is the show I want to have, and this is the show I'm having. And I had the best set of my life that second show. But watching that documentary, I really connected with what Conor McGregor went through. I was fascinated by Fight Day. Like, (coughs) I would watch just 
these fighters building up for their fight day because fight day for them is a lot like the day you shoot a special. And when you shoot a special, man, I'm in my head. I'm definitely in my head. I don't know. Maybe if it was physical, I'd be. Maybe if I had trained and physically, I could knew it. But in, in, a, in a special, it's all up in your head. Like I've done the work. I know the jokes work. I know everything works. I just got to perform them. I've done it a million times. Here we go. But like the littlest thing can fuck you up. And I watch. I was so connected with that that fucking documentary. And I ended up googling a ton of stuff on Conor McGregor because I was like, I yeah, I don't know enough about him. Like, I'm a big fan of his, but I'm also a fan of Nate Diaz's. Like, I love the Diaz brothers. I think they're fucking, I think they're awesome, man. They're what makes, they're my throwback to MMA. I wish there was more guys like that. Real outspoken, <coughs> do what you want to do kind of guys. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I love that documentary. I watched that whole documentary. I've watched it maybe five times in the last two days. Oh, wow. Yeah, I just can't stop watching it because to watch him deal with defeat, you're just like, you're like, oh, this is how that works, huh? I'm going to get a little bit of shit for this, but his girlfriend's loyalty like, kind of made me tear up. Hardcore. <laughs> yeah. Dude, she's an awesome chick. She's a ride or die bitch. Just right by his side, no matter what. Dude, I lo- Dude, I- Poor as shit. Yeah. Loved him the same. He was not a good, he's, he's not a good looking guy without the beard. <laughs> he looks like well, he's also like 21 or whatever. Yeah, he looks a little freaky without the at beard. That time. Shout out to Conor McGregor. And shout out to this Indian chick who doesn't can't tell race. <laughs> Fucking idiot. Oh shit. What dark skinned people will never tell you. Let's just see where this was. Has ever told me. And your skin color is a gift. It's never oh, been a black. This is what it was. Hold on. And I almost felt like a so like I'm obsessed with the light skinned people have feelings. And so apparently that's a big thing in all races is uh the darker your skin, the less they appreciate you, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. It's not is by the way, this is not my conversation to have. I'm just sharing this with people listening. Um <coughs> although this guy inadvertently made me laugh. I'm gonna play it. And if you don't laugh, then I didn't laugh either either. But if you laughed, then I definitely laughed also. If you're lighter, you're bettering the race and you're bettering the island versus if you're just being you. I would get called the blackness. Uh, one joke that really stuck with me. That's from uh, Chappelle. All of your friends are hacks. You should walk away from them. Except for the guy that said this joke, which kind of made me giggle. It's like, oh, Edgar's so black that when he leaves a car, the check engine light turns on. That was a reference to my skin being as dark as oil. By the way, you know those are black people making that joke. It's not white people. It's definitely not white people. It's black people making it, and it makes me giggle. And then I go, oh, that kind of sucks that, like, I've always wanted to be darker than I am. Like, I've always wanted darkness in my life. Like, I've always tried to be dark. I'm, t- I'm pretty tan. You can see a tan line. I, I performed my shirt off. Before my special, I laid in the sun. But, yeah, I knew this about uh, darkness with Asian people. They do not want to be darker because it means you work in the fields. It doesn't mean you work inside. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But uh, it cuts back to uh, belly. I think dark people are beautiful on film. Oh, yeah. Screen grab that, fuckers. I'm progressive. And you didn't even know it. By the way, some Proud Boys came to my show the other day. Oh, this is some ginger dyed his hair blonde pass. And then here I must have watched four hours of dudes getting their beards trimmed. I know everything there is about a beard trimming. I even watched, I watched a guy that looks identical to Segura get his beard trimmed. I fell for that. Here he is. Tell me that doesn't look like Segura right there. That looks like Tom so much. This is going to be a little bit of an easier beard for him to maintain at home now because quite a lot of hair coming off. Have you ever seen the video of Tom when he met that goat or the baby sheep? Mm -hmm. Dude, this is, for those of you who haven't seen it, I'm going to show it to you. So we're in Atlanta. Let me see if I can find it. Tom Segura, baby sheep. So we're in Atlanta and... We meet this guy who's like, I got a farm. If you guys want to come back, we can get high, have some beers. 
And I, Ari and I were like, ah, yeah. And Skr lights up. He's like, you got a farm? And we're like, easy, bro. He was like, no, I just, I'm a big fan of animals. I'm, part of us are like, Push is a big animal activist. She's a big like rescue dog. Like they're big with their dogs. And I don't think Ari and I understood what we were getting into. So we go back to this guy's place in Atlanta. We smoke weed and he's got a baby sheep. And I I swear to God, let me see if I can find it. I've never seen Tom lose his mind over a baby sheep more in my entire life. Uh, what what Netflix? Uh, I gotta get on Burt Five G. Hang on one second. Let's see if. What is wrong with my internet out here? I'm having troubles too. Well, maybe you should get off so I can get on. Jesus Christ. It just shut. Oh, it's shutting down altogether. Yeah. Here. I'll find it in a second. It's looking for it. Let's pull up what we've seen. We'll go through that, and then I'll go back to this story. Uh, this dude got his beard trimmed. He looked amazing after he got his beard trimmed. Uh, this guy, dude, <laughs> by the way, this is called Beard Brand. And these are all just great versions of people getting their beards trimmed. It is just, I watched how many videos this is Segura getting his beard trimmed. How to maintain a beard. This is another guy getting his beard trimmed. Uh, Twitter, that's the guy that jumped off the guy's back. I don't care about that. Here's Segura after he got it dyed. His beard died. He dyes it because he's old looking and he's young. Uh, let's see if we can find this video. Jesus Christ, what's wrong going on with our internet? I'm not sure. Um, Might have to wrap up. We are at an hour. All right, let's wrap this up. I got to show you this video of Tom losing his mind over this sheep, though. It is the weirdest thing I've ever seen. Amy Schumer on gun control. Pass. Entertainment. Christina Aguilera is hot as fuck. I don't give a fuck what everyone says. Talking about those pictures where she's not wearing makeup? Yeah, she's still hot. I don't care. Yeah, she's... Got some stories about her. Really? Well, you do? I know somebody who works with her and has been for a while. Yeah? She's a diva. Oh, yeah. That's part of the gig. Big time. Yeah, but like, dude, I'm difficult to work with. Like, here we go. Hang on one second. Let's see if I can find. It's coming up. Damn it. Hang on. Tom Skura, baby. Here we go. You ready? Mm -hmm. This is one of the, like, I've never had a feeling like this in my life. So to recap, if anyone's listening, we're in Atlanta. We meet these people. They have a farm. Tom lights up. He's like, I want to go to their farm. Ari and I are like, they have weed, so we're going to go. We go. We smoke. <clears throat> and Tom is just the whole time like, do you have any baby animals? Do you have any baby animals? And we're like, no, we don't. Like, and me and Ari are just like blown away. Like, he's so excited. And then, the guy's like, I got a baby sheep. And Tom's like, please, 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 can I see the baby sheep? So, Tom gives the guy his phone and was like, shoot me meeting your sheep. Because he really loves sheep. This is Tom Skura meeting a baby sheep for the first time. He really loves goats. Is it a goat? A baby goat. Is it? A, was it a goat? I thought it was a sheep. He just is so into it. Like it's like, and he man, he talked about this goat for fucking days. 
like nonstop. He'd be like, you remember the time that we were all? Oh, I think the goat got creeped out at one point. Oh, well, you know what? Whatever makes you happy. All right, guys, uh, that's the show. I'm supposed to do reads tonight, huh? Mm-hmm. We're going to wait till Leanne gets back or we do them now? I'm pretty buzzed. We can do them now. Do you have them? They're in the house, probably. No, they're not. I don't have them. Guys, I hope you enjoyed the Call and Sick to Work show. Uh, we do these once a week. They come out after the podcast. The podcast hasn't come out yet in real life, but it... If you're watching this or listening to it, it has come out. That's right. And it's Dan St. Germain. He's fucking awesome. It's a great interview. Um, This is Monday, one of the busiest Mondays of my life. And so I am off in Hawaii right now. I'm not using my phone, so I'm not looking at anything. But if you want to hit me up, (coughs) San Antonio next week, Uh, (coughs) Kentucky, Salt Lake City, uh, and if you didn't like this because I was drunk, then go fuck yourself. Don't tell anybody. Uh, just keep it to yourself. Be like, yeah, when he's drunk, it's not as good. Or it's better. Tell me what you like. I love you with all my heart. Let's cut out to Priscilla snoring. Can you move the mic gently to her nose? Okay, hold on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Lower it, lower it. Keep going. Keep going. Down. Oh, Pris. She saw it. She just went. Pris Pond. You're a watchdog. You're a killer. You saw that microphone coming up on you, didn't you? Oh, look at that dog. Look at that dog. Ooh. Tell him, Pris. Tell him, Pris. Oh, look at that tail. Look at that tail just fucking thumping along. All right, guys. Have a great week. I love you with all my heart. I will see you in San Antonio. This episode was brought to you by The Machine.